Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of From the Spot. Just in case you're joining us for the first time, I'm David. And I'm Eddie. And I think Harry Maguire is just the English version of Dejan Lovren, and I will die. Wow. Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. It's basically the same thing. He failed upwards, which good for him. I mean... I would want to be the Harry Maguire of whatever field I'm in. So, whatever. Um, <laughs> but let's dive right in, just like Rooney did back in 06. Um, let's get into this lineup, Eddie, because it is juicy. Wayne Rooney uh, against the FA. So, you know, Rooney ends up admitting that back in 06, he wore you know, long but legal you know, um, boots or, you know, studs for a game back uh, against Chelsea in April. So FA ended up investigating, and I guess they issued a warning to Wayne Rooney this week. Um, What are your initial thoughts on this, Eddie? Okay, uh, so I don't mean to straddle the fence here, David, because I'm... I know that you think this is a whole bunch of bullshit, and it it kind of is. But I I also I um I understand why they're doing it, and here's why I think they're doing it. Okay, so because he manages a big club, I don't care what anybody says. Darby's a big club, even though they're a championship side. It's a big club, good size following, great fans. Um, if your current manager admits to um, trying to intentionally hurt people as a player, the next logical step is, well, he probably encourages his players, like, hey, go injure that guy, and you can't have that. Now, has Rooney probably done this? I feel pretty comfortable in saying no but i understand why the fa has to make the attempt of talking to rooney what do you think david so i'm not gonna lie to you eddie i didn't even view it like that um like you said uh, i just viewed it as bullshit and that was that uh but i guess you're right you know as a a leader and uh, the manager of derby The FA has to at least pretend that they care. And I mean, to say, oh, yeah, we're going to look into it. This happened 16 years ago. And then come back and say, hey, Wayne, here's your warning. Uh, It makes sense. At least they can say, hey, we covered our bases. Um, Just in case one of his players accidentally injures another player, they can't say that Wayne is, you know, trying to do all these aggressive tactics and all that. You know, BS, that might come with it. So on a PR standpoint, I guess you're right. Um, so Rooney should probably watch what he says, but what I'll give Rooney is at least he's honest. Yeah, uh, right? You know, he's giving us what we want to hear. Well, what goes through a player's mind? You know, at that time, he was super disappointed and missed out on the title. Um, ended up breaking his foot, you know, missing, pretty much missing the World Cup, um, having a terrible World Cup. Uh, so instant karma. <laughs> so it's not like you know he he was unscathed from that. 
Yeah, and look, I just I want to say that today's players are different. Like, mm-hmm. I don't feel that 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 they feel that sense of rivalry per se, because like back then Chelsea was coming into the big club that, that they are now. Like Abramovich had just taken over not that long before, and you know Manchester United, especially back then. Um, we're the standard bearers of English football. So to have an, a newer, consistent rival, because Chelsea wasn't always consistent before Abramovich, um, you did kind of hate those players or like how how Patrick Vieira and uh, Keane hated each other. I don't think players hate each other like that in the sporting sense anymore. So... To tell a player nowadays, hey, go go injure that guy, I think today's player would say no. What do you think, David? Yeah, I agree. Uh, the game's not gone. The game's just changed. Uh, and, and in a sense, it is for the better. I mean, I, I am a fan of the hard-hitting football that used to exist because even – Even now they're saying, you know, the Premier League is very physical, but it was definitely more physical before. Um, I was brought up in a footballing household that appreciated the physical presence. So that's the way I was taught to play. So, I mean, yeah, things have changed. uh, But now we have that like flashy football, you know, all the dribbling and things like that. So it has made it slightly more entertaining um, in that sense, at least. But, hey, like you said, it's a different world. We have to accept it at this point because as long as more people are comfortable, that's really what we can ask for. But um, this lineup that I sent you, Eddie, it's on purpose. I wanted to start with Wayne Rooney um, as a manager uh, so that we can put on our manager hats. Um, We're building a team, Eddie, Mm -hmm. for this part of the pod. We, uh, each of us were recruited for a team that we get a blank check and they say, all right, Mr. Eddie, Messi or Ronaldo, who do we sign this summer? So, so far we've seen before you, uh, you know, kind of give me your signing here. What we've seen from Messi is 14 appearances and two goals uh, for Paris Saint-Germain. He did miss a big penalty against Real in the Champions League recently. Uh, Cristiano Ronaldo has 21 appearances with nine goals, which, I mean, take it with a grain of salt. Who's not to say Messi doesn't score seven goals and or more in the next seven appearances to match that. But he's really struggling. Uh, can't really get a goal. It's It's been rough. But based on this... What do you? Who are you taking a gamble on, Eddie? Before I give my answer, I just want to say that Messi is pulling a Gareth Bale slash Aaron Ramsey, <laughs> and he is saving everything he has for Qatar. So I would gamble on CR7 because CR7 just wants everything. Like, he wants to win the league. He wants to win the champions. He wants to make sure Portugal win the World Cup. Uh, Messi doesn't care about PSG. If he wins the Champions League, cool. But Messi knows that the one thing missing from his legacy is 
leading Argentina to World Cup glory this December. So I would gamble on CR7 because I think I think if you told Messi, like, hey, Messi, if we wrapped you in bubble wrap until November 11th or whenever the tournament starts, like, would you be cool with that? He would say, yeah. Well, if you offered that to CR7, he'd be like, no, I'm fucking playing. Fair. You know? Definitely fair. And you know, my answer is definitely CR7. Um, he's a workhorse. He, he's slightly older. But it's not that I think Messi's past his best. Uh, but I do think he is on vacation. Kind of. Um, I mean, you can be right. It could be for Argentina specifically. But it does seem like he's kind of taken a uh, passenger seat to Mbappe and Neymar. But even more so than we could have imagined, I, I think, at least. Uh, a lot of people want to play, blame Pochettino, but Pochettino could only do so much to motivate Messi to play for PSG. Because um, this isn't the same Messi we see for Argentina or Barca, let's be real. No, um, no, absolutely not. Yeah, and you know what you're going to get out of Cristiano. Um the media wants to make things up about, you know, oh, he's a negative impact on the dressing room. But everywhere he's gone, he's won a trophy. Uh, the squad at Manchester United on paper is great, but altogether is struggling and failing him, in all fairness, at least in my viewpoint, actually. But it is what it is at this point. Uh, Dranjic definitely has a lot of work to do heading into the summer. But, uh, Eddie, we're not done recruiting. Uh, we signed CR7. You know, we'll, we'll go. Uh, we're, we're gonna let's do this a joint venture instead. We signed CR7. Next question from ownership is we have to choose an under 23 player to build our team around. CR7 is a flash in the pan. Let's be real, he's not our long term, you know, build around. So, Who's your pick? Well, actually, how about give me your runner-up pick uh, before we get into our uh, actual picks. Okay, look, for for the sake of interest, not that I want to be that guy, but just so we're not like everybody else. And you can, David, if you want to, but I'm not going to pick um, Mbappe or Holland because... I mean, that's the obvious answer. <laughs> you fair. know what I mean? I um, didn't pick either of them, so fair. That's fair that you excluded them. Good. Um, My runner-up would be Gavi. Okay. So why why uh, would you consider Gavi at this point of his career? Because Gavi sounds like Xavi, and I really think <laughs> that besides having similar names, like he has that vision, he can pick a pass. If um, if you could get players around him that understand him, that understand, oh, Gavi's probably gonna make this pass, so I should get myself in position. Um, because and real quick, not, not to make this about Messi, but I have seen Messi like make crosses that like at Barca, someone would have like been there to get their head on it or their foot on it and at and at PSG like because he's been out so much they just 
mentally haven't clicked. So I think that Gavi is one of those players that can make a team go. You know what I mean? Right. That like he can set people up and go and score if he if he gets a chance, but that's not really his thing. What about you, David? Who's your runner-up? Uh, this was actually, of everything on our lineup, this was really the hardest one for me to prep for to where even right now I'm about to close uh, or take away one name so that I can have two. And really a close runner-up is Joao Felix. Um, he just makes the cutoff uh, at 22 years old. He really is a nearly complete center forward um, and on any given day and healthy, which is really why I put him as my runner up is he he is struggling to stay healthy. Um, he'll be on top of the world and taking over whatever league he plays in. Um, so hopefully we get a, a healthy Joao playing in the correct position. Yes, that's that, that's the biggest thing right there, right? David is just let the guy play in his position and do what he what he wants to do, what he's meant to do. And the 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 gel that everyone believes that he should be is what he'll become once he's given that role. I really do believe that. And I mean that's basically what happened at Benfica. They were like, all right, we know. You're an extremely great talent. Go at it. Here's a free center forward role. It's why, you know, Pep wanted him to help refine that and make him into what could have been, you know, the next Messi in all fairness to him. Um, but he wanted to cut his teeth at Atletico. Hopefully, you know, he gets more trophies soon. But who's your number one pick, Eddie? Who are you hoping we can build our team around? Honestly, um, and I hope you haven't picked uh, the same guy. Um, I would say Jude Bellingham. Damn it, dude. I'd pick Jude Bellingham. I, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. I'll change, I'll change, I'll change. That is, no, hold on, hold on. Let's, no, let's talk about this because that's amazing. Like, out of, there are so many great players right now. And what's crazy, bro, is, so this is, and I, this is why I really want to move forward with both of us somehow picking the same one is by me picking Jude Bellingham, I honestly, honestly thought, I was picking like somebody where you were gonna be like that is random like why Bellingham? <laughs> so let, let's talk about this, man. Like, what's your reasoning behind Jude Bellingham? I don't think the kids just all hype. Like when when I watch him play, like I do see the speed, I do see the intelligence. He currently right now, not just for his talent, but because of how they grow players. Um. He's he's at the right club. It, like if you can't have him at your club at this point in time, this is the club where you want him to be. I mean, just name it. Um, Robert Lewandowski, um, Christian Pulisic, um, and a whole bunch of other guys. Like they, they they've all come through Borussia Dortmund and. Like the kid just really looks like he 
he enjoys playing football when you see him at the ball at his feet. Like, you can tell he's really having a good time. Like, it's not a job for him. And what is he, like, 19? He is 18, Eddie. (laughs) He's got, like, a good 13 years left. So, if I'm building a base of a team and, like, say he wants to leave after six years, that's fine. I've, I've gotten the front end of his prime. So because of his age and because he just looks like he he enjoys playing. And I really like what he said uh, yesterday post-match where, um, if you guys don't know, Rangers beat the crap out of out of Dortmund's um, 4-1. I think the final score was 4-2. Oh, 4-2. Um the the first thing one of the first things he said in the post match was like um i just want to i want to play rangers again i can't wait to play them again and usually yes. when 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 you get rocked like that at home by a team that on paper you should be beating uh, no disrespect to rangers um usually especially a young player would be like I don't know, but no, he was like, come on, like bring it on. Like mm-hmm. we can do this. And that's that's the mentality you want for someone that you're gonna build your team around. What about you, David? So in case um you're not quite sure on who Jude Bellingham is or don't really get to watch him often, um he made his professional debut at 16 with Birmingham City, made an impact straight away. Um, and got picked up by Dortmund basically like the year later playing in the Champions League and the Bundesliga and not just I'm not and by playing I don't mean like oh he's getting minutes sprinkled here there like he's starting and finishing games and he's making an impact um he can go from box to box no issues uh, this guy looks like he's been playing for years, even though, you know, he's still learning his craft technically. Uh, and like you said, you get the best out of him. Um, at 18 years old, you're really gambling a very little unless he gets a major injury. Then it's kind of like, all right, you know, we got to revisit this. But he's so consistent. It's very hard to not want to pick him. Uh, he's already made his England debut. He's got 10 caps for the senior team already. Uh, what's not to like about him? Like I said, he's got the attitude. You can see it in all the interviews. Uh, he'll call people out. He doesn't care. Uh, he's a player that I wish Manchester United had signed uh, ages ago. And by ages ago, I mean when he was still at Birmingham City, but we just wouldn't match Dortmund's fee. But good on Jude Bellingham um I think it's great bro honestly that we met that we chose the same uh one um and then the other one you know I mentioned I barely kind of decided on two let alone having to pick between three that I had uh that I'll just mention just for fun is uh Delict the center back for Juventus Dude, okay, 2017 seems so long ago that I'm surprised he's under 23. Yeah, I believe he's only uh 22. I'm gonna double check, but I believe he was 20. Yeah, he's 22. Nice. Uh, and uh, like 
this is genuine, guys. Uh, like when 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 David approached me with this idea, I think we both purposely didn't want to like give our answers away because we we wanted to the reaction to be genuine for the pod. So to those of you who think like, oh, they just talked about Bellingham beforehand and decided to both go there. No, like that's that's legit. Um, another player that um, I thought of because I think very highly of him, but I think I'm biased if, if I'm honest is um, Eddie Nketiah, but that, that's just because of his name. Um, I mean, how old is um, the one that I uh, was really considering was Ansu Fati. Uh, yeah, but uh, his, dude, he's get, he got that surgery. I don't know how much longer his knee's gonna last. Yeah, like he he's a very very talented kid. It's it's obvious, but like how 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 am I gonna build a team around you if you're almost never available for me to play? Right. You know? Yeah, it's impossible, man. But uh, uh. Sorry, um, it like it's not his fault because obviously, like, no player steps on the pitch and is like, I'm purposely gonna injure myself. It's just unfortunate, you know. That's fair. Um, in terms of uh, just like a random, just for debate, I, I almost debated picking this player just based on position and to definitely throw you off guard, but um, yeah, Donnarumma. Um, but here's the thing that stopped me from going that direction was excuse me, uh, not his mentality, man. Um, I don't think it's there. I think he has enough talent to kind of balance it out short term, but I think long term, man, I, don't, I think he's going to fizzle out uh, a la Kaylor Navas where he'll go from team to team, end up getting dropped and soak until he gets uh, moved on. Oh, okay, okay. Thank you for bringing this up because, um, as you know, by by trade, um, I am a Real Madrid hater because, obviously. But I will always bang the drum for... Kaylor Navas and honestly for Iker Casillas because honestly I I think they were both both mistreated by the club yeah because look okay how do you win three Champions Leagues in a row and then your team's just like no we're gonna move on like okay Real Madrid wasn't winning the league at the time and okay obviously week to week shows more form but David has, since the European Cup became the Champions League, um, how many teams have won it three times in a row? Uh, just one. And who was their goalkeeper for every one? Uh, I want to say it's um, every other fa- every other person's favorite Central American, Kaylor Navas. Exactly. Yes. So. Uh, I don't understand this bias against Kaylor. Like, oh, he wasn't good enough for Madrid. No, he was excellent for Madrid. They just didn't mm-hmm. see that. They just saw, like, 
Coutois is the bigger name. Let's go get Coutois. But honestly, okay, David, I'm going to take away David De Gea from, from your team. And, and I would say, hey, David left, David. So here's Kelo Navas. Would you be terribly upset at the replacement? Mm, okay, uh, like this summer? No, let, let's say for this weekend. De Gea is gone magically, and here's Keylor Navas for the rest of the season. I wouldn't be terribly upset as a like a if it's like a short term relationship, uh, short term yeah. kind of uh, relief kind of thing. Then yeah, I'm I'm of I would not complain. I'd be like, oh okay, this is a, a almost like a like for like. He's definitely a world class keeper. Let's be honest. He got yeah. plucked out of a middle of uh, nowhere country to be taken to play for some of the best teams in the world. Yeah, and, and look, let's be honest. The only reason Cato Navas was forced out of Real Madrid is because Florentino Perez wanted him gone. But Florentino Perez doesn't even want Ancelotti there now because of how they played in the Champions League or whatever. I don't know. Losing one nothing in Paris isn't great, but it's not terrible. Like, the tie is still there to be won at the Bernabeu. Yes, it is. And I'm glad you jumped right into that because it's, um, you know, what we wanted to bring up here. Um, dude, Real and Flo Paris, like you said, they're they're lighting a fire under Ancelotti. They're putting the pressure on. His job is on the line. We kind of talked a little bit about this um, through the week where we both kind of agreed if Ancelotti played a more open game, it, it would have been a walkover with Kylian Mbappe and Neymar uh, and Verratti really going to town. Uh, what do you think, uh, Eddie? Does Ancelotti go all out at the Bernabeu? Does he have no choice? What, what would the game plan be? Real quick, David, uh, before we jump into it, um, uh, Verratti, top three midfielder in the world? Currently? Currently, no. Ooh, who, who who do you have over him? I still think that um, I mean, like, if you want to just consider pure midfielders, then maybe. But I still do believe uh, Tony Cruz is above him. He, just because he has one bad game doesn't mean you know he's done. Uh, Jorginho. Ooh. He's definitely there um, and definitely deserves it. And uh, Casemiro. You know what? Three uh, three decent guys. Okay, David. And then I promise we'll jump into the, into the Champions League talk. Okay. Does Verratti's stock suffer because he plays in France? In your opinion, for your top three list. Uh, yes and no. I mean, he's not going to do something that is going to catch your eye at any given moment for the fact that they don't really play major teams at any given moment. You know, they're, they could only play Leon twice and however many times the cup puts them together. Uh, same thing with playing Marseille. But his performances in the Champions League when he's on really shows his level really shows why, you know, he is in that talk about a top three. And the only reason he's not in my top three is because Tony Cruz is still playing. And 
for me, Tony Cruz is the perfect metronome in the midfield. Like you, you know, if the ball gets to his feet, he's going to let it go and something good is going to happen. So, I mean, it's hard to drop him right now. Um, but yeah, he's definitely up there. I do believe that he should go to a team and maybe La Liga, uh, Premier League might be a little heavy on them, but I mean, Thiago is, uh, doing a job for Liverpool. Uh, I don't even think he's actually that old. He's still fairly young, right? I think so. I think he's just north of 25. Oh, he's sure. 29. So, I mean, no, I mean, I thought I, I thought he was 20, like four or five. But, I mean, so he might not want to exactly go to the Premier League. But who, who cares? Uh, I would like to see him. Like, say, if Barcelona is able to get him. That would be a very interesting buy for Barcelona. Right. But that's just uh, wishful thinking. But I don't want to rain on his PSG parade at the same time. I mean, he, at least for the Champions League, I don't feel that he has ever been the cause for their failure in the Champions League. Um, If anything, he's been one of the reasons why they're competitive. Yes, so, absolutely. you know what, um, power to him. If he would have said top five midfielders right now, he definitely would have made the list. Um, but I guess you're right, man. I guess I do have some kind of bias against Lee Gung since he could only play you know, those games so many times before it kind of gets repetitive. Yep. But, David, to answer your question, um, does Angelotti have to go for it? Um. Look, if, if it were later in the competition, like a semi, I would say don't even worry about it. PSG's going to mess up. But I, you very obviously, at the least, have to go get your goal. But I wouldn't worry too much of, like, unless we get into the 80th minute and it's nil-nil. I know... I know PSG looked impressive in France, but I honestly do believe that um, Real Madrid will get through, like, 3-2 on aggregate. I, I honestly believe that. Well, I think that regardless of what happens, whether it's PSG or uh, Real Madrid, regardless, it's uh, a dead man walking. Because uh, I don't think it's just as easy for Mauricio Pochettino over at PSG. Every week, there's rumors that he's either going to be sacked or already sacked. Um, PSG are allegedly flirting with Zinedine Zidane to try to convince them to take over in the summer. Um, not to keep rubbing salt in the wound, but the miss by Messi definitely didn't help. Even though, I mean, Pochettino doesn't have any control over that. But it does apply more pressure to him. Um, I'm sure, you know, the directors might be saying things such as he's not getting the best out of our biggest investment or, you know, um, he's he, he should have been more convincing, whatever they can say to try to get him out. Would you, again, back to our, you know, manager hats, where would you want to take the gamble at leading PSG? No, but real quick, let me... 
let me touch on on Potch. And I don't mean this as a shot, Tottenham fans, but anything uh, Pochettino achieved at Tottenham was a plus. Let's be honest. You're a club that wants to win trophies but never does. And so if you get one, that's great. At PSG, um, they're they're a big club because of their money, sure. But at at a club like that, trophies aren't just a that's great. They're this is what we're meant to be doing type of thing. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, So the fact that he's out of the French Cup, that even though I believe they still have a healthy lead in Liga, right? Oh yeah, it's they're definitely not gonna lose that. Okay, so the league is it's a of course we're supposed to win this. The French Cup, it's in of course we're supposed to win this. So uh I think PSG was the right club later on down the line because, look, Pochettino's been at Southampton. He's been at Tottenham. Clubs where he did great, but it's not expected to win trophies there. Little to no pressure. Yeah, and then to go to the club that's like, we want to prove that we belong, and that means winning the Champions League. Um, I think that was too much of a step. Honestly, Poch should, like, say Arsenal had... Well, no, he was a Tottenham. He would have never gone to Arsenal. But maybe... And he wouldn't have gone to Barca because he played for um, the other team in Catalonia. But maybe, like, a... um. AC Milan or a um or Man United, which it's he's gonna end up at Old Trafford, uh, in in my view. But I just think he would have been a better fit at PSG later in his career, but not right now. Fair enough. Um, but let's move on from all the dominant headline talk to a game honestly i don't i don't really think there's much to squeeze out of this one um but city destroying sporting um in portugal 5-0 definitely a good game for bernardo silva back in his home country with two goals uh riyad mares phil Foden, and raheem sterling kind of piling on the misery but uh can we safely say city are one of the favorites as long as they can avoid liverpool City are one of the favorites as long as Pep doesn't do what he did last season in the final, which is overthink it. Um, because for some reason he said, Hey, this has been working this whole time, I'm gonna change it, I'm not gonna play a DM, you know. So, Man City is a team that needs to stay out of its own way and they'll win this competition. But do I want them to? No, um. I'm fully backing Atleti because I think it would be awesome if um, El Cholo won the Champions League, left Atleti, and went to go manage the Argentine national. 
that's yeah, just... we we'll touch a little bit on that you know a little bit further down but uh let's move on because like i said there's so much we can squeeze out of a such a dominant performance to liverpool and inter who i mean liverpool ran out to no winners but what do you what do you think of this one eddie just off the top of your head what what was your first thoughts when you saw liverpool win to no um, look, in the in especially early on in the first half, it, it, it looked like Inter had, had come to play. Um, mm-hmm. that they had um that they had two or three good chances pretty early on, and then they just stopped. Um and then eventually, you know. When when someone gets on the other end of a TAA cross, eventually you're gonna score, and that's that's literally what happened. Um, but Inter had put it wide a couple times, hit the crossbar, so they had chances. They just couldn't put it in the back of the net. Doesn't it just feel that Inter were just unlucky? Um, here's the thing though, and this is no disrespect because he's a above average to a great player. You can't have a 36-year-old Edin Dzeko leading mm. your line against Liverpool. It's just not it's not the right move, you know? That's fair. And, I mean, I don't know how you feel, how much faith you have in Inter, but really at 2-0 deficit, I know the away goal doesn't necessarily exist anymore, but... um going to Anfield and trying to at, score at least two goals without conceding. Uh, is it safe to say that Inter should just, I'm not saying don't show up for the second leg, but maybe they should start accepting that uh, they're on their way out. Look, um, unless you can score early. And I mean, within the first 15 minutes, this one's over. Yeah. I, I truly do believe that. All right. Well, one tie, Eddie, that still I'm still thinking about is Salzburg and Bayern. They tied 1-1. I mean, we kind of were texting a little bit throughout the match, and I mentioned unless Salzburg wins it by two, it's still Bayern's to to lose. And with the last-minute equalizer from Coleman at 1-1, they are going to have to play in Munich. Uh, I still feel this is Bayern's tie to lose, but with that said, this could give Salzburg the opportunity to really put Bayern to the sword and make a mark in the Champions League. Uh, what do you think? Uh, okay, so I don't know names, but I have read and heard that some of Salzburg's best young players are already, you know, off to other um, destinations in, during the next transfer window. So, um, the, the, the time for them to go all out is now, because if you eliminate Bayern, everyone talks about you. And if you lose, at least you gave it everything. And, you know, our two or three best players will be moving on. So, um, if I'm, Salzburg, I have nothing to lose because if I win, I slay a giant. If I lose, I, I did my best. I, I really want Salzburg to go through here, but let's be honest, Bayern Munich or Bayern Munich, Robert Lewandowski will probably get his goal and 
Um, three one Bayern uh, <laughs> on aggregate, but I'll truly be rooting for Salzburg. You know. Well, let's uh, talk a little bit about the games coming up. Um, let's start at Atletico versus United, just because you talked a little bit about your dream about Cholo lifting up the Champions League before moving on from Atletico, which, based on what's been going on, a little bit of whispers from the squad, it would probably be great timing. Um, they're facing my beloved Manchester United, who are also struggling um mr champions league cristiano ronaldo with a lot still to prove at his uh united return he loves to play against atletico we all know that um do you think it's something atletico should worry about is this one that atletico has in the bag what's what's your perspective on this time of course dude when, when it comes to club football it's like cristiano ronaldo was was made for this competition, um, but don't don't take this the wrong way, David. Um, you guys are are there for the taking, and um, I think that even you would agree. And um, where's the where's the first leg at? Is it in Old Trafford or is it at the Wanda? Nah, it's at the Wanda. Ooh, okay. 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 All right. So, and I know he's not in great form, but okay. So here's what's going to happen. Um, Atleti win the first leg 2-0. You guys win the second leg 2-0. Nothing happens in extra time. So we go to penalties. And I read a stat somewhere. That Jan Oblak is having like one of the worst seasons in his career when it comes to save percentage, but in the shootout he's gonna come up big, and Atleti will go through on penalties four two. Man, that's I'm gonna save this somewhere so we can bring it up later. Um, hey, watch watch you guys win like five one on aggregate, and then you, you just come on and crap on me. <laughs> oh, dude, no, I absolutely would. Um, I don't think it's going to be like that per se. I mean, you didn't exactly give a straightforward um, leave or win to Atleti. Um, I think Ralph sets up United to defend deep enough and that Cholo de- uh, defends deep enough to where they'll, they'll kind of counteract each other. Um, it'll be a matter of who pulls some kind of magic. Uh, right now, if fit and fully going, if we can get Bruno, Cristiano, and Eric Cavani running at Atleti, I think we have a chance. Um, otherwise, I, I kind of got to agree with you, but I don't agree with the penalties. I think Atleti can knock us out clean on aggregate, even if it takes extra time. Okay. All right. But so- I mean, I, I also don't think that it's a write-off. Uh, no, no, no. You know, we'll have a fighting chance if we can get a little bit of magic going with those three. Again, those are the ones who I would put this um this whole campaign on their backs because they're they're the three most talented players, the three most hardworking. If you really want to get down to the nitty gritty, and they can take us far in this competition. I mean, at the um at the end of the day, 
you have the guy that like wants to win this competition even more than Messi, I believe. So at the end of the day, like you guys have CR7. So, I mean, if you guys go through, would I be surprised? No, would I be disappointed? Yes, because my Cholo dream would die. But anyway. (laughs) Well, how about uh, Benfica taking on Ajax? Um, Is this Benfica's way of making a splash in the Champions League? Or is this one where I actually look at this and say, hey, we might be able to make a final? Yeah, no, look. No, look. Um, if, if Benfica were to get through, um, it would be a big, big pelt for them. Um, if... Um, if if Ajax um somehow lose this, uh it'd be uh disappointing. I believe uh Ajax has the, the team to 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 make a run again just like they did in 2017. So I believe Ajax should be thinking like we we can make a final here, boys, like regardless of, of the draw, whoever we mm. get, like we can really make a final, you know. Definitely. And um, I want to move on to this tie just because I find it pretty interesting considering their current form. Uh, Villarreal taking on Juventus uh, at home. Dude, I mean, in previous years, it would be easy to kind of just say, you know what, Juventus got the best of this uh, draw. They'll move on. But based on their form this season, yeah. Could Villarreal pull a fast one? Yes, yes, because the Juve of three, four years ago is not the Juve of today. So, uh, yes, Villarreal could um, definitely get through here. Will will they? Um, I'll, I'll back them and say yes, but only because it, it's not the same Juve. And I feel really, really bad for my boy Juan Cuadrado because I love Juan Cuadrado. But I I think this is where Juve crash out. I really do. Okay. So, I mean, that, again, another bold uh, statement here from you, Eddie. But at the same time, man, this is one, kind of like you said, if United move on, not really a surprise. If Atletico <laughs> move on, also not a surprise. If Juve get knocked out, man, I think Villarreal is the right team to do it, um, especially in this round. Um, speaking of the right team, I think this is going to make for easy chat. Chelsea taking on Leo at home. Um, any chance you're giving Leo? Um, no, and it's it's purely based on their on their league form. Again, I'm 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 not the biggest watcher of Liga. I mean, Messi's there and I don't even watch it, but Leo <laughs> are the defending league champions, but they're just not at the races this season. And Chelsea, for all their faults of being in third, are defending uh, European champions, defending world champions now. And I just think they have too much talent to to lose to Leo. What about you, David? 
Well, I, I think the same. Too much talent. And I was meaning to ask you, do you think, um, you know, Kai Havertz leading them to Club World Cup glory, do you think that gives them a boost in the Champions League? Or do you think that the Club World Cup is just one of those extra kind of competition and trophies where it won't really affect much? Okay, look, and thank you for bringing this up, David. As a fan of a team that's won the Club World Cup, and no, I'm not talking Barcelona. I'm talking about Boca Juniors. Growing up, it wasn't called the Club World Cup. It was called La Copa Intercontinental. And I will never, ever, 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 ever forget the day that Boca beat Zidane's Real Madrid and the day that Boca beat AC Milan. And I'm not talking about today's AC Milan. I'm talking about, like, what was it, 2004 or five AC Milan? Like, it, it may not mean much to you guys, but the Club World Cup, uh, granted, when Boca are in it, means everything to me because that's when people see that uh, football isn't just Eurocentric because when... When Boca gets to the Club World Cup, they they put on a good show, and it's worth me waking up at 4 a.m. to watch it. So to me, the Club World Cup does mean something. I know to fans of other clubs, it may not mean much, but to me it does because of the memories it holds for me. Um, does that sound lame, David? No, man, that's what footy is all about is those memories, you know, um, what brings you happiness. I mean, I want to go back kind of, Come full circle with the whole, you know, I was brought up in a household where physical football is appreciated that, um, I mean, I love watching like slide tackles. I love sliding into people just because that's the style of play that I was taught and told that it entertains. So other people hate it. They think that it's too heavy of a way to play, blah, blah, blah. But Hey, whatever brings you happiness. Um, you know what really brings me happiness, Eddie? What's that? The Premier League. Ooh, let's talk about it. Oh, it's back uh, with games tomorrow and games on Sunday. And maybe a couple David, of games to make up for some teams. David, can, can I quickly bring up uh, my game to watch for this weekend? Yes, sir. Yes, you can. What game okay. would you recommend? I would recommend... Um, Southampton versus Everton at 7 a.m. West Coast time, meaning 10 a.m. East Coast time if you're on the East Coast. And here's why. Um, Because um, Frank Lampard's Everton either looks really, really good or it looks like Rafa Benitez is still in charge. And (laughs) Southampton have had a run of good results lately, uh, the past two to three weeks. So I think that's the most interesting game. I know it's not like the flashy game, but mostly um, I just want to see if Everton look really good or um, uh, to quote Gattuso, uh, sometimes maybe good, sometimes maybe shit. A little shit. Yes. <laughs> and one of my all-time favorite Milan players, I got to say. <laughs> exactly. Sometimes maybe good. Sometimes maybe shit. There you go. That's just like uh, the man himself has said it. And since you uh, went ahead and shared yours, I'll share mine. 
I think Aston Villa versus Watford is the game to watch. Um, Dean Smith and Aston Villa have been looking decent recently, but not exactly convincing. Um, But here's their chance against a struggling Watford who is still struggling in the regulation uh, zone. So if Aston Villa win, that'll help them when they're pushed to a top 10 finish. Watford win, it'll help them get out of the relegation zone. Um, reason to watch Watford, uh, in my opinion, and why I don't think it's just a walkover for Villa, is the fact that we can expect Sar to kind of have some rhythm at this point um, to come in, help out, and kind uh, of help um, Dennis uh, push up and score against Villa. Because an early goal, I think, would help make a huge difference. Um, Coutinho's in great form um, on his return in the Premier League, so he can cause Watford's defense some trouble. But it can go either way. Definitely should be entertaining based on that. Lots of fun counterattacking and quick football. But if you're just here for the goals, Liverpool and Norwich, I mean... It'd be a surprise if Liverpool doesn't show up for a goal fest. What do you think, Eddie? Um, yeah, like no, even though Norwich um has looked better at times recently under under Dean Smith, but they they just don't have the talent to compete in this league at this time. Mm-hmm. So it, it should be Liverpool's game for the taking. But of course, David, you are a Man United super fan and uh, this weekend, you guys play Leeds United, who um, is mostly famine instead of feast this season. Do you expect to win this game, David? Uh, I mean, I want I would want to expect Manchester United to show up and put in a. I mean, not saying win five zero, but a solid win. A two 0 win would be great. Um, but honestly, my gut tells me it's going to be a struggle. Uh, Daniel James has a lot to prove to United for us. Um, letting him go, you know, to Leeds over the summer for really what felt like an opportunity to free up the number seven for Cristiano Ronaldo. Since, um, if you're a fan of Eddie Cavani, you would know he plays with 21 for otherwise, so having them switch to 21 wouldn't be a big deal. Um, even though I did like the seven on Cavani, I mean, I have a seven Cavani jersey from you know his signing. Um, but yeah, man, uh, let's let's well, at least I hope for that solid United performance that we really need. But I do expect Leeds to give us some trouble. Um, speaking of trouble, um, Brendan Rogers. I mean, he says he's not feeling it, but let's face it, he's facing some trouble at Leicester. Um, They're facing Wolves, who really, they've been on the resurgence, man. Like, they kind of didn't seem all that great in the beginning, but now they're up to seventh. Uh, If they can get past um, Leicester, uh, they'd be up to 40 points, which would only be one behind West Ham with a game in hand. So... Hey David, let's yeah. let's be honest. Um, if Leicester finish out of the European places, and by European places, I mean outside of Europa, because we all know that the 
conference farmers, UEFA, whatever it is, it doesn't count. It doesn't matter. Um, should Lester let go of Brendan Rodgers? Um, uh, here's the thing. Do Lester want to become a sacking team? Like I mean, that's that's the big question, man. I mean, I know it sounds silly, and I know to say like, well, you know, it's not, it might not get any better. I mean, Leicester do technically have three games to make up. They can make up some spots. Am I confident that they're going to make the Europa League? Probably not. Do Leicester need a rebuild? Absolutely. I mean, they're still dependent on Jamie Vardy. Uh, they they haven't done anything to really take off the load from him as much as they've tried. But he's thirty five, bro. He's you know he's not getting any younger. Uh, the midfield still needs a lot of help. James Madison is injured basically all season now, and you know, he's turning twenty six this year. So it's not like you know you can expect anything more than what you're getting. Um, yeah, it's it's nothing nothing good right now coming out of that Leicester squad. Um, the question is, how much time do we give uh, a manager for a rebuild? I would not let Brendan Rodgers rebuild this squad. I just I look. I know I'm very clearly biased against Brendan Rodgers, but I still think as constructed, Leicester should have been more competitive. And they should have been in the Champions League this season for sure, but they weren't. So I, I, if I were a Leicester supporter, I would want him out of my club ASAP. I know I may be alone in this, but that's just me. Um, who would you replace him with, uh, realistically? Relatively, um. All things considered, like say Poch is like, no, thank you, Man United, which I don't think would be the case. He would be my my number one on my list. Or depending on who else frees up. Um uh look, I will still um bang the drum for Nuno. Ah, um, uh, that's I was gonna ask. Like, what do you think about Nuno Spiritu Santo? See, because uh, as bad as Tottenham were under him, he was never Tottenham's first choice. Hell, he wasn't even their fifth choice. He was like number eight, and they had to settle. You know what I mean? So I, I still think Nuno is a a decent coach that can get a team like Leicester to a a top four finish. As crazy as that sounds, I've I've been making a lot of bold statements this pod, so I I would pick Nuno. Um, so I would pick Nuno myself. I think Nuno's experience at Spurs isn't his fault. Like no, you said, absolutely. he he wasn't the first choice, and there was known, and <laughs> yeah. Yeah. that's the worst part of it, really. Um. If it was one of those things where, like, nobody knew and they still said it with confidence, like, he's our coach, he's going to push us forward, I'm pretty sure the squad would have bought into the idea of Nuno a little bit more. But when you get this guy where, like, it's publicly known that even the upper higher-ups didn't want him, 
It's kind of like, all right, man, what are you doing here? You're just filling space for X amount of time. So they kind of uh, set him up to fail in that sense. Absolutely. uh, At Lester, I do think he can do the job, a rebuilding job at that. Uh, He did it with Wolves successfully. Um, If he gets the full support of a team and the board and the squad, um, he will challenge uh, the top four with Lester. So... I, I, you forced me to agree. Hey, David. Um, real quick. Uh, speaking of Nuno's old side, I'm looking at the fixture list here, and they play Manchester City. David, if Man City embarrass Spurs at the Etihad or the Etihad, however you want to call it, um, does Conte mentally check out? Uh. I mean, I don't know if he would mentally check out in the sense of he's not going to care about winning. I mean, he's going to want to win, but it's not going to be as apparent because his main focus will be getting the players up to speed. So, uh, I mean, yes and no. Uh, You could only care so much, but if he has an eyeball on next season, he's definitely going to want to continue to um establish and make and reinforce what are his uh tactics and his way of of teaching hey david real quick um uh, let's have a really quick combo on ugo laris uh tottenham captain been a great seven at the club but i i can't help but blame him for one of the goals he gave up at the weekend um, I know his defense left him kind of, as I like to say, his, his defense left him uh, a little naked by himself. But that one goal where he gets the stop, but he punches it right back out to an opposing player, and they're like, "Oh well, oh well, okay." I like, I guess I'll score. Could he have done better there? Uh, yeah. Have, I mean, should, should okay. he have caught it? I guess is what I'm trying to say. So here's, here's, all right, I'll probably get some shit for this. So Hugo Lloris, I think he is an average goalkeeper who has benefited from the right personality. Yes. Uh, If you really look at all the praise that Hugo Lloris gets, it's never necessarily like, oh, he's a, you know, Ballon d'Or norm challenging goalkeeper like Mendy has become in such a short amount of time. Um, He's the more things that come out about him. It's more like, Oh, he inspires the squad. He gives the team talk. He, he makes sure everybody makes good decisions. Like that's great. That's fine. But that doesn't make you a world-class goalkeeper. Um, Just because you're the coach on the field doesn't make you a world-class goalkeeper. Does it make you useful? Absolutely. Uh, I mean, you need somebody like that on the field. If it's your goalkeeper, so be it. But I do feel that, and you know, I'm sure the majority of Spurs fans don't agree, but I do feel that they could have achieved more with a better caliber goalkeeper. Look, David, um, you know how in the... In the beginning, I said that Harry Maguire is a English Dejan Lovren. Yeah. 
Hugo Lloris is just a is just a French Wojciech Chesney. Well, I'll go I'll go deeper than that. Ooh. Hugo Lloris is a French Joel Hart. Uh, he looked Jesus. great. He looked Jesus. great for a high amount of years, but his time's definitely up. Uh, the only main difference is Joe Hart isn't uh, a humble guy, and it came out pretty quickly after his falling out with Pep Guardiola that he's not. Mm-hmm. Whereas Hugo Lloris will shut up and listen to the manager and put in the work. Uh, so that's really their main differences, man. Uh, I Again, I wouldn't want Hugo Lloris at Manchester United over the Gea. I would start Dean Henderson over Hugo Lloris if it was up to me. Damn. Hey, David, real quick for me. Pick this game. City Tottenham. Just pick it. Uh, Tottenham. I think Tottenham's going to sneak one through. Uh, 4-2 City. Uh, even though wow. I, even though I want... City to lose just to make the title race interesting again. Um, I just I just can't see them losing to Tottenham when Tottenham's in this form. All right, conspiracy here. Um, City win one nil thanks to Son. He does everything by himself because um, Harry Kane does everything in his power to lose possession in a way to kind of get Pep to come after him again in the summer. Like Pep, Pep Daddy, come come save me from from the from the bad man uh Conte. Uh, <laughs> no, not Conte, but Levy. Yeah, that too, dude. Levy sucks. He should have let oh all right, let's I know this is kind of going way out there, but Harry Kane should have Levy let him leave. Like, honestly, like, yes, even if dude, it was yes. compromising the price. Yes, dude, look. Uh, and it, it's, it's not even because Harry doesn't want to be there. But, I mean, even for the best players, which Harry Kane is a decent player, sometimes almost great, but, like, not one of the greats of world football. Um, it's very, very rare that a team w- will be willing to even offer you $100 million for a player, even if they're stupid, insanely rich, like like, uh, like Man City. Right. And um, uh, if you spend those $100 million correctly and reinvest it into the club, you you may not have another Harry Kane, but you can find decent players uh, for that price. You know what I mean? Yeah, definitely. I mean, okay, so Harry Kane is 28, going on 29. Not exactly a spring check-in. <sighs> Dude, he definitely, in my opinion, should have taken the money. I mean, let's think, when's the last time a striker of his caliber even moved? You know, uh, it's been a very long time, right? No, and, and look, just like an, an example, and I know he's not a striker, so it's not a like for like, but when Barca bought Coutinho, what did Liverpool go out and do? They went and got Allison. they went and got VVD, that led to a Champions League, and, and the league, they were the missing pieces. So if, if you do it correctly, it can really help your team. Or if you do it like Barca and 
you get Coutinho and you get Dembélé, um, and you mismanage your finances, um, it could end up very badly. But honestly, David, outside of Mbappe, Holland, who who else is worth a hundred million? That's that's the thing is. They put a price tag on them that they knew nobody would pay, uh, and they did it on purpose. Uh, I think the only true comparison that I can think of where, I mean, at that time, it may have sounded insane, but honestly, it's still kind of reasonable, was remember Fernando Torres going from Liverpool to Chelsea? Um, he was slightly younger. He's 27, uh, Hurricane going on 29. But it was 40 million uh, pounds, I believe. No, sorry, clo- close to 50 million pounds um, for a slightly younger striker that really was uh, at that time on fire, right? Yes. Dude. They want double that for somebody who was below average. Even now, there's not doing all that great, older. Might be paying the English tax, but at this point, you're kind of toying with his career where maybe maybe City would be willing to pay the price tag if he's lucky. Otherwise, I can't even see United doing it. Like, well, what do you do as a player at that point? Um, well, first thing is you hate Daniel Levy forever um, because, like you said, it's it's your career and... You know, like, um, let's be honest. Does City need Harry Kane? No, but does Harry Kane need City? Yes, very much so. So, um, I, I don't know. Um, if I were Harry, I'd say, hey, you didn't want to sell me to City? Just fucking get rid of me, bro. I, I don't want to be here. Let me go. So he signed it to 2024, just so we're on the same page. That's two more years of Tottenham, if Levy will really hold on to him. Putting him at 30-31, yeah. honestly, it, it, it does ruin his career. This is his one. This summer, it's his chance to get a move somewhere to win club trophies. Um. What do you think the summer is going to bring us, Eddie, in your honest like opinion, outside looking in, especially now discussing it? Okay, look, and and I'm 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 not trying to be a like funny. I I really think that okay, you didn't want to sell me to City. If Newcastle stay up, Harry came to Tottenham. Oh man! Or no, my bad. Harry came to Newcastle. I was like, "Why'd you stay quiet for a second? <laughs> no, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I was actually thinking about that. And yeah, okay. So with Trippier there, there is a connection, right? Um, granted, he's not injured. I think it's plausible if Levy does decide to ruin Harry Kane's career. Um, I don't know, man. I really. Even if it is to City at this point, I really do hope Kane gets some kind of move because he is one of those players that it would be kind of sad to not see him be successful. Not because he said, hey, this is my boyhood club and I want to stay here no matter what, 
but not be successful because a greedy executive said, you know what, they're not going to pay me what I want. So I'd rather lose you for zero without considering what could be his career and really the long-term ramifications for the national team. Uh, That's just bullshit. Uh, I'm hoping maybe somehow CR7, I mean, this is going to sound like insane, but CR7 leaves during the summer and United get Harry Kane because he would be the correct striker to move us uh, forward from this really weird cycle that we're going through. Um, but that's just wishful thinking. It's going to end up be, being city or bust, in my opinion. Uh, I don't see Harry Kane going abroad unless something horrific happens with Real Madrid and they have to go for Harry Kane. But considering Mbappe is available on a free, um, yeah, and worst case scenario, they go for Holland. I think they're in a good place. David, real quick, isn't that insane? Killing Mbappe, one of the best players in the world, is at a club so rich that they're like, fine, fuck it, leave, leave on a free transfer. Well, I think, too, um, I don't think they were expecting this. Uh, I honestly believe that they thought he would resign, um, even if it's like a three-year contract before deciding to move on to Real Madrid. Uh, I mean, he's 23. He turns 24 uh, December 20th. So it's not even until the end of the year. Like, he's still super young, bro. Like, the fact that he's 23 and can command this move is shades of R9, which I never really thought we would see in in my lifetime, at least. But, David, look, like PSG and... Manchester City, and it's indicative of where football is as, you know, a whole. And Newcastle will be able to do this in a couple years as well. But we have three clubs that are going to be so rich, and I mean stupid rich, that they're going to be like, oh, you're a best player, and you're really young. Uh, Your best years are technically still ahead of you, but you don't want to be here? Fuck it, leave on a freak. Any other club in the world, Manchester United, Real Madrid, Barcelona, Juventus, Inter, AC, um, any other club in the world would be breaking their backs to be like, how much do you want? While these three teams are just going to be like, we don't care. Leave. I think it is like uh, insane to think about it. Um, but again, I think I don't really think PSG even thought that they would be in this situation. Rumors have it that they're trying to convince them that they can offer them like a contract that's going to make them the highest paid footballer in the world, even if it is just for one year. That way they can get some kind of deal made so that they can get some kind of um, fee for them. But, I mean, Mbappe knows it features in his, uh, features in his hands. It doesn't really matter. Um, it's Madrid or PSG for a year, maybe two. We all know that. Uh, David, let, mm-hmm. let, let me make you Mbappe for a second. Um, do you stay or do you go? Um, honestly, with his skill set, I mean, might as well go. Uh, right? Well, what do you... He really has very little to lose by going to Real Madrid. I mean... 
he no. won the World Cup. I mean, there, what pressure can you put on him? Yeah. Um, you know, he's going to play with high-quality players, so it's not like he's... I mean, it, it kind of hurts to say this, but it's not like he's going to Manchester United. He's not exactly putting a team on his shoulders. Yeah, it, it, it's not like he's going to be like, I'm going to go to Sunderland in League 2. No, he's he, he he's gonna go to one of the best teams in the world that are really gonna take a fucking big step, and I'm still here growing kids in my league. God damn it! Anyway, right. see, uh, I bet oh, I bet Paris Saint Germain shot themselves in the foot by hiring Pochettino. Really? Do, yeah. Okay. Is it that they shot themselves in the foot? Hiring Pochettino, or is it that they shot themselves in the foot firing Thomas Tuchel? Um, a little bit of both. I just think that if they were honestly into like had the intention of going for Messi, uh, I know him going on the free kind of caught everybody off guard, but let's be Super. honest, teams. Put feelers out. Um, his move to P- to Paris was pretty seamless, so it wasn't exactly a surprise. But to have somebody like Pochettino and uh, knowing his style, <laughs> knowing he likes younger players to build on a certain tactical mindset, to bring in Messi and say, "All right, figure this out." Uh, that's not really possible with a Pochettino. I mean, bring keep a Tuchel can handle the pressures i mean that's why neymar had a falling out with them for a bit because tuchel doesn't take anybody's shit uh jose Mourinho. uh i mean i know he won't leave the national team but even the luis enrique would have been a way better to convince uh mbappe on the project but uh mbappe like i said he's the closest thing to an r9 for our generation he wants pretty set projects and trophies um i think he's kind of showing that without him that paris saint germain project isn't really that great of a project based on his performances not with what he's saying because uh, he was the difference maker for the tie against real madrid who ironically should if he was on the other side we he would have destroyed that paris saint germain defense um you saw that meme I sent you, right? Where it was uh, Ronaldinho as the AC Milan player taking a picture with the with the Barca side, right? Did I did I not send that to you? You did. No, yeah, I called it the <laughs> the reverse uh, Mbappe because he's going to the other team. Like it's not like his former team. Yeah. 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 No, dude. Um, uh, David, uh, real quick before we wrap up here, just to mention Newcastle real quick. Um, I'm only kind of half joking. I really think they could get Harry Kane, but there's another talented young player linked to them, Eze, who's currently at Crystal Palace. Do Ooh. you think that? Do you think that gets done? Uh, yeah, I think that's a realistic target for them. Um, he's a great, I think he's a great player, man, for 23 years old, um, play and the team that he plays in. So there's still hype around William Saha, who he's got to be at least 30 now. He's well, he's 29 going on 30, still a ton of hype. And I know Palace is guilty of, um, 
kind of ruining his chances of going to a bigger team after his failed move to United. But, right. Well, I mean, he actually went to United and failed. The move to Arsenal failed because of Crystal Palace. But I don't think that was also his level. He would have ended up riding the bench um, at Arsenal even. But um, as a... Uh, he can definitely make a move and make it a positive move. Um, I don't really, whether it's somebody like Leicester, um, probably not Arsenal because they're stacked at the 10 position, but you know, they're, they're, he could definitely do a job for plenty of uh, good teams. That is true. But David, should, should we wrap up here? Well, before we um, wrap up here, I just uh, want to remind everybody to hit us up on social media, look us up on Facebook, Instagram. It is in the details, so that way you don't have to try to bust out a pen and paper to write it down. Just follow the links on the podcast details. Um, you know, if you want to, if you are a fantasy Premier League fan, hit us up with your teams. Um, I know Eddie, I haven't quite convinced Eddie to start playing, but I play myself. You know, maybe we can banter off that. Uh, just some ideas to kind of uh, mess around with us here. Uh, we're still planning the Qatar uh, kind of little web series, uh, pod oh, series. Oh, boy. And David, just to drop a teaser, um, that series uh, with the link we both shared with each other today, that series just took a turn, a really big, ugly turn that we're going to get into it. So please listen to the Qatar episodes when they come out. They'll be out later this year. Right, David? Yep. Um, we plan probably in the summer uh, if all goes well. Um, but yeah, Eddie, what are your final thoughts uh, heading into this weekend? Um. Once again, thank you so much for listening to us. We enjoy doing this. We hope you enjoy listening. Uh, real quick, shout out to Sadio Mane, who um, just spent, I believe, 750K on his hometown, building both a hospital and a school. I think it's really cool when uh, not just footballers, but any athletes give back to their communities. So, Shout out to Mane for being an excellent human being for that alone. Um, but enjoy your football this weekend, everybody. Let us know what game you'll be watching. Uh, David, uh, take care. I I hope United don't make you depressed. I hope to wake up tomorrow morning to a happy text from you instead of like, this is shit. Um, but yeah. All right. Well, as always, this was fun. I'm checking out. Good night, everybody. Laters.